to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome back to Stateside Soccer Show, part of the Stoppage Time Soccer Show radio network or podcasting network, I guess, technically. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and I have with me today our usual co-host, the Orlando City Soccer Club season ticket holder, Who's ready to go to some games? Logan Stump. I'm so excited. I've got voices in my head. I want to sing. It's the British guy again <laughs> saying our names. But I know it's great. I'm so excited because the MLS is coming back, so it seems. So that's fantastic. It is. Uh, yeah, for people that don't know, uh, they did reach a CBA agreement tentatively. Last night on Friday. This is we're recording this on Saturday evening, and uh, the players are voting for it. The ballots went out at like 2 p.m. today, and they haven't, I think, until Monday at 12 p.m. to send them back in. And most people expect the players to vote for the CBA extension, meaning that uh, everything is going uh, swimmingly in the sense of timelines here uh remember the uh, preseason starts february 22nd and uh then the season starts on april 3rd so i'm assuming we're going to be getting some schedules sometime soon we're going to have to start getting the kits again even though sometimes those don't leak until even preseason so we got a bit (laughs) um and uh yeah, and then we have CONCACAF Champions League on April 6th through the 8th. So it's going to be a jam-packed week for the teams in the Champions League once MLS kicks off. Uh, I am super excited. We have a big show for you today in the sense of we're going to talk the CBA details. We're going to talk CONCACAF Champions League format change that was announced this week. We're going to preview the CONCACAF Champions League 2021 draw, which is on February 10th. And then we're going to talk about the Olympic qualifier schedule that just came out. So pretty jam-packed show. Uh, We're going to read a lot of Sam Stasekul's tweets here, uh, who went in-depth with what the players are actually voting on. 
you know that so we're gonna share to you in case if you don't follow him you have to follow him he is a him uh paul tenorio jeff uh jeff carlisle of espn uh these are these are the people you should be following stephen goff um on uh from the washington post on twitter at soccer insider um these were the main uh three or four people that were really updating us constantly through those last 24 hours of the CBA talk. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, if you don't follow them already, go ahead, but we're going to break down Sam stay school's last thread of this. That was earlier today uh, to, to tell everybody what they are voting on before we do, we do want to announce that we are going to be having a series previewing the season for each of the clubs. Uh, I think we're trying to get guests for each club, but if we don't just, uh, you know, with how many clubs there are, uh, then we would just preview on Logan and I ourselves, but we're trying to get experts that, you know, are podcasters or beat writers of the like to come on the show because nobody knows the team better than they do uh, to, to give us a real preview. We started that with Austin last uh last episode where we had hernan from we are austin tv on twitter and instagram and uh he was great wasn't he logan yeah very insightful i i love getting the the sense of community from from a lot of these guys that podcast that do their own podcast and are just kind of individual individual entities just because it gives us a really good sense of of how they became um fans of the of the club or somebody that became pretty well rehearsed in, in a lot of what these clubs are doing. So yeah, it was really cool to have Austin TV on um, and Ernan's fantastic. I, I loved his story. So I think that when we get more of these, it'll just keep getting better and better, honestly. So if you have not listened to that one, that is available. It's episode 18. It should be the one right below the one you're listening to right now. Going forward, we're going to start previewing there's no real order we were going to have an order but the way that we're lining up these guests currently uh the order right now is western conference we're going through the western conference first but it's not in any sort of alphabetical order or table order so we will uh you know just expect a whole bunch of western conference uh upcoming themed episodes they're probably going to be on the shorter side you know with with the austin tv one we went ahead and also talked U.S. men's national team. I think going forward, we might just have, you know, maybe a quick intro, short little things if anything big happened, and then launching into the interview fairly quickly. So I think that's how we're going to do our previews. And uh, leading up, you know, all the way up to April 3rd, I think we're going to probably with how many clubs there are, we're going to have to use all of that time, these next two months, to really. Uh, release these so you're going to get probably more than one a week uh i know we have two lined up for this week that we're very excited about so uh get ready for those those will be dropping probably on wednesday and and saturday or wednesday and sunday of or probably wednesday and saturday of next week so let's get into it here <clears throat> we do have the CBA deal agreement here, uh, Stay School, uh, who covers for The Athletic, was kind enough to tweet out these details here. Um, the CBA 
the owners got their way, really, if you look at the details here. This is not a lot of stuff going towards the players. Uh, it's kind of expected in the sense that the players are not making enough money like other soccer players or other professional sports players in this country to face a lockout. Um, if a lockout did happen, the owners would just actually end up probably getting their way anyway because the players would probably have to fold within the next month or two. So the you know the players don't want a pay cut for 2021. They would have a pay cut for 2021 if they were locked out because then they would miss some checks. So it all makes sense on why this deal got done. But uh, the CBA is going to be extended through 2027. That's what the owners wanted. The players asked for 2026. The players had to relent on that. In exchange, the players are going to keep 100% of their salaries in 2021. That was already kind of the deal anyway. So nothing really changed on that end. The players, uh, as Sam stays, uh, st- says here, would also receive other givebacks. Uh, one of them being free agent requirements would change in 2026 and 2027 instead of needing to be 24 years old with a minimum of five years of MLS service to qualify. Players would qualify at 24 years old and four years of MLS service. The caps on what free agents would be able to be paid when switching teams would increase in 2026 and 2027. So, Logan, this is another one of those wrinkles where before 2015, there was no free agency. Um, There was a re-entry draft, which we still have, but for players that don't qualify for free agency. But uh, that was one of the sticking points in 2015 when you were actually down visiting me on program and we were playing PS4 in uh, the (laughs) All-Star Resort. I was... I was just like how we were this year, constantly refreshing Twitter, trying to see what happened with this. So they did get free agency then, but it was um, it was even more restrictive than the last one that they're that they're lowering now. Um, you had to be like a certain number of years. I think it was five or six with one team uh, in order for you to be eligible, and then they changed that. Uh, and there's a limit on how much a free agent can get. It's not like baseball where you can pay them $300 million, et cetera. One, because of salary cap, but two, there's just a limit that they've placed onto it. Uh, the salary budget is going to increase by 7.5% between 2025 and 2026 and 10% between 2026 and 2027. Uh, that's a bigger change than in previous years of the deal, Sam School says, but smaller changes than those typically seen when moving from one CBA to the next. Meaning, again, owners win in this round because the players could have got a bigger gain if the CBA expires when it was supposed to expire. The number of charter flights per team per year is going to slide from those agreed upon in the previous CBA, which means the 2022 allowances will be pushed to 2023, 2023 to 2024, etc. That was another big win recently for the players, Logan, if you're not familiar. Uh, They usually fly commercial. 
they do have a number of charter flights that they're able to use now uh, to help with with travel. But that's a lot of reasons why sometimes teams would look a little flat. You know, they would have to rely on charter uh, on non charter flights on regular commercial flights from like Portland to Texas, you know, layovers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, bonuses are not sliding. They're remaining the same as bargained in June. And then they're going to increase uh, 7.5 in 2025 to 2026 and 10% from 2026 to 2027. Um, he also states minimum salaries are not going to simply slide, but it's a bit more complex than he can explain there on Twitter. So I would assume an article is going to be coming out from State School. So go ahead and give that a read when it does. Uh, players are going to get slightly less of a cut of media rights fees. The players are scheduled to get a percentage of every dollar of annual media rights over $100 million. A lot of this is, you know, legalese that I don't understand. So we're going to just see how it goes. Uh, but the last thing that Sam says here is he'd be legitimately shocked if the full player pool rejects the deal. Logan, give me here your initial thoughts on uh, the CBA. I was going to say, it sounds like it sounds like they've cut down, which I know in baseball they did this as well. Like those kind of like those early bird rights to to basically where a free agent can go into the free agent pool and collect more money once they you know because there's not as much service needed to qualify, which is a big deal because it's you know you got guys that are coming out of college early or guys that didn't go out of college early and stayed, so that you know cutting that a year is actually a benefit for for the players I think because they're able to negotiate a new contract. But again, like you said, I think it's it's always going to be uh, owner heavy. Like I think it's always going to benefit the owners. I don't think that there's ever a, and if there is a league that does it, you know, uh, I think it might be the closest one might be the NBA that's gotten better at, at you know these CBAs. And I think that the biggest thing, the biggest take so takeaway is that, and I know a lot of people are mad on on Twitter, and I know that you know MLS is a lot different than other sports because it's just not as big yet. Um, so they're not making nearly as much money. But I do think that the owners have the advantage. They've, they're always going to have that upper foot, especially uh, when you're talking about a sport where these players aren't making a livable wage <laughs> if they're not playing soccer. So, you know, I, I think it's it's tough to try to look at this and go, oh, man, the owners are absolutely just owning the players. But I think in this case, uh, they got some wins, and I think you take that. I think you take that and, and vote it through for approval and i think you work to make sure that the sport can become bigger so that way the future players or, or you um can, can impact this league to make sure that you know five ten years down the road when they're negotiating more that it becomes more player friendly but i right now i, I just don't see what ground that the mls players have uh, because there's so many other leagues out there that i think the owners are just like we'll find players to play uh, it's just a matter of, you know, can they do it effectively and, and at some cost uh, to the entertainment that is provided by some of these teams. But again, it's I feel like it's owner heavy, but you're not going to do much in these agreements, I don't think. I would say the only good thing about this is while, you know, a lot of people think that it was imperative for them to have the bargaining rights before 2026 or right after 2026 world cup 
I think maybe having it a little later might ultimately benefit the players because let's say MLS does take off in 2026 with the World Cup and more people are interested since the World Cup was here. They're looking at their local teams. They see that, you know, the union are 30 minutes away and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go check that out because I saw Brendan Aronson play for the World Cup and he started there. You know, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check them out. See what the next young player is coming up through here. And I saw that uh, you know Messi's now playing for Miami or whatever. So I'm gonna go see it. Right. I mean, that's timeline's probably off there because Messi probably won't be playing at that time anymore. But you get the point. If it continues to grow after 2026, and now you're bargaining after 2027. You're hoping to make gains not just from a World Cup bump. You're hoping you get the World Cup bump and that it continues to grow at a faster pace than it was growing in the last 25 years. So in that sense, they might even have more power, the players. And again, I'm not an expert on this, so I might be talking way out of my butt here. I don't, I don't know, right? But I would think if you if then you do see the trend continue up for upward from 2026 to 2027, now when they're bargaining before the 2028 season, the players have a position of, hey, we're now one of the most popular leagues in the world. We're growing in America. We need some of this stuff. We need more money. We need better free agency. We need, you know, whatever they're looking for, more media rights, et cetera. So I, I do think that maybe that might help them a bit, but I, I guess well, it all depends, right? Um, like I said, I could t- I could be totally wrong, and if I'm wrong, somebody please shoot me an IM, an IM, like as if we're using AOL dial-up. I mean, you know, shoot me a a DM or you know something on Twitter, comment, email us, whatever, uh, to to let me know, because honestly, I have no idea. That's just the way I see it, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but. Um, the only way I think I'm wrong in that sense is maybe because of the TV deal would have to be bargained before that. So then they might not get a bigger cut of it. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I I do think the players didn't get a lot of the stuff they wanted to, but the free agency changes are different. The TV deal money is going to be different. And I think ultimately that is enough for, uh, them to vote this through. I think that, you know, they're going to see this as a compromise. They're, they're not going to be very happy still with the owners and all the stuff they conceded. Again, this is the third time they've bargained in a year. The reason being they bargained at the beginning before last season. Then they had to bargain again for the, um, because the, the, the league had never ratified the CBA. So then when it came to MLS's back time, they had to, renegotiate and that's where the players started giving their concessions and that's when they put the force majeure clause in there and then the league activated that in december and now there you go there's three times in a year where they're bargaining and the players are kind of fed up with that so hopefully this is it right i mean the force majeure clause is apparently still in it but it needs to have a certain threshold to activate and i think by the end of this year, there's that the threshold's not going to be there for them to activate and have to renegotiate. Because I can't go through this again in, in a year. <laughs> I was going to say, this, it doesn't seem right. <laughs> it seems it like, doesn't. you know what, we don't like what we put in there. We kind of want to restrict you some more, so we want, we want to come back to the meeting. 
uh, in the drawing table, and we'll see what we do, and, and we'll come back to the table, and you you tell us what we can do better, but they have no interest. All they want to do is try to see what they can take away and get away with it. I feel like that's always been the case with, with these owners and the way that they treat players sometimes. Right. Any league, any league will do that. All right, let's move on to CONCACAF Champions League changes for the 2023-2024 season because this had me pumped. And, and Logan, you're somebody that hasn't really seen any of these CONCACAF Champions League, right? You, like, you haven't seen... Uh, they, they did play one not in one. Orlando, actually. Yeah, uh, not one game. Right. <laughs> so this is exciting because I'm just reading through it. I don't know what it is, but it does sound a lot like the, the one over in Europe, which is really cool. So, And I think it's even better. I think there's some cool things that are implementing into this one that I think are different than the other one. Yeah, I saw a lot of mixed responses to this, actually, online. So uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for expanding. Uh, the, the Champions League, and the reason why I'm I'm not for expanding the Champions League overseas. Okay, I'm not. Over here I am because it's going to make the leagues better. If you can have more MLS clubs playing against Mexican teams and other Central American teams, and you know stuff like that, that's going to make them better. Uh, you know, part of the reason why we struggle in Champions League is because of the parity. In the sense of, unlike overseas, where it's usually the same four teams qualifying from each league, so they have that experience, MLS doesn't work that way. So you do get these weird things where, okay, you know, Seattle's not in it this year, but they were last year, you know, vice versa, stuff like that, where, you know, you don't know how many times you're going to make it in there, right? Like, as a Chelsea fan you're disappointed if you don't make top four as a union fan. I am ecstatic that we won the supporter shield and got into champions league because I don't know the next time we will. And that was part of the reason why I wanted to win the open cup those years that we were in the finals. Part of it was because I wanted a trophy. Obviously the second part was I want to be in the CONCACAF champions league and be able to go to a game and, and see a game at Subaru park. Uh, that's CONCACAF Champions League. No, it's not the quality of the UEFA Champions League, obviously. But again, it's going to be fun to see, like, you know, whoever the union is drawn up against and uh, going there and just experiencing a, you know, if we can have fans there. I don't know how that works. <clears throat> works with CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, you know, I know that Philly had MLS fans in the, the return um, of the season. Don't know how that's going to work with, with Champions League, um, which is, again, in April. Maybe then we'll have more vaccines. But again, we're really behind on that, and we got only two more months till that happens. So let's go over these changes here, because I've actually been following the Champions League since its first year. Okay, so the Champions League first year was like 2008, that it was called the Champions League. So I may not have actually seen that first year. I definitely saw 2009. Because I believe that was the year Real Salt Lake made it to the final and was very close. And the final back then was two legs, home and away. Very different from UEFA Champions League. And I remember then, too, people saying, like, an American team has never won the Champions League since it was rebranded as Champions League. And that was like only, only the second one. <laughs> like It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Montreal made the final in 2015 when I was down in Florida. Uh... Toronto made it recently. Was it 2018? I think it was 2018. Um, 
LAFC just made the final this year and lost <clears throat> to Tigres. So, uh, the way that it's changing now, before, like I, we just described in what, our episode about, you know, the Beginner's Guide to MLS, how you qualify for it, right? Right now, you qualify for it with winning Open Cup, winning Supporter Shield, being the other top conference winner, opposite of the Supporter Shield winner, and winning MLS Cup. And back then, you could only have American teams qualify that way. Canada had their own qualification system, which is going to be different going forward with this. Well, now we're going to have a lot more than four MLS teams, you would think. Here's the way it's structured out. This is from the press release that CONCACAF released on Thursday. From 2023 onwards, there is going to be a regionalized group stage which will be introduced as part of a major revamp of the tournament that will boost club football across the confederation. It's going to be played in the fall of each year and include four groups of North American clubs, four groups of Central American clubs, and two groups of Caribbean clubs. It will be followed by a 16-team knockout stage played in the spring. It's going to conclude with a single leg final to crown the champion. Thank you. Was it that hard? Finals are so much more <laughs> fun to watch when they're one instead of two. The winner will also qualify for the FIFA Club World Cup, just like they did already. So it's going to be a total of 20 clubs from Canada, Mexico, and USA. We don't know the way that's going to be divvied up. It's going to be divvied up through performance in domestic leagues, cup competitions, and one qualification spot through the League's Cup. We talked about that in the Beginner's Guide as well. The League's Cup is just Mexican versus American teams in a cup called the League's Cup, where it was almost like the Europa League in the sense of what teams did not qualify for the Champions League like the next four of or eight of those, I forget what the number was, of Mexico would go to the League's Cup, and the next four or eight of those would go to, from MLS would go to the League's Cup. So now the winner of the League's Cup will automatically qualify for the Champions League. The 20 clubs will be drawn into a groups of five, and each club is going to play four games. Two at home, two away. This is again where it's a little different. In Europe, it's four clubs in a group, but you would play six matches, three home, three away. You play each person twice. That's not how it's going to be this year For uh, in the CONCACAF one. You're going to get two teams that you play at home, two teams that you play away, and I think part of that is to really cut down the number of games and travel. Uh, following the group stage play, the four group winners and four group runners-up will qualify for the knockout stage. Those eight clubs will be joined by a further three North American clubs who will qualify via a play-in round that will follow the group stage. Any questions so far on the North American spot, Logan? Or any thoughts? 
No, I, I like the split up. I like, what'd you say? It was 20 teams total out of Canada and United States and Mexico, right? Yes. Is that right? And then the top, the top teams get the top two, or is it the top two teams? They get into uh, it? The top two of each group. Of each group get into the round. Yep. And then okay. there will be a playoff for three other teams to make it into the next round as well. See, that's weird. That was so going to get 11. Strange. Yeah. You're going to get 11. I think that's different. I like that, though. I, I really do. Then, in the Central American zone, you're going to get a total of 20 clubs from Belize, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama, who will also qualify through domestic leagues and a new Central American Cup competition. The 20 clubs will be drawn into four groups of five. Each will play a total of four games, two at home, two away. Same way that the Americans, uh, North American zone is. The four group winners and the four group second place finishers will qualify for a play-in, and the four winners of those play-ins are going to qualify for the knockout stage. Then we have the uh, Caribbean club zone. A total of 10 clubs from the Caribbean will qualify for the Champions League. Of those 10, eight will qualify directly through professional leagues, and two of them will qualify through the new Caribbean Cup competition that they're creating. The 10 clubs will be drawn into two groups of five, where they will play four group stage games, two home, two away. The two group winners will qualify for a play-in match, and the winner of which will qualify for the knockout stage. So only one Caribbean club is guaranteed to get to the knockout stage. Uh, Like we said, they're going to launch a Central American Cup and a Caribbean Cup. They did recently have a cup that they just created about four years ago called the Leagues Cup. I mean, the CONCACAF League Cup. Um, it was kind of like a Europa League type of situation, but for all of these Central American and Caribbean teams, and it looks like they're going to do away with that and, I guess, put these two new cup competitions in. Uh, but, yeah, those are all the changes, and I, I'm really excited. The way that they said is that we're still going to get the current structure for 2021, for 2022, and for spring 2023. Then in the fall of 2023, it's going to start the next one, which will finish in spring of 2024. So I'm excited. I'm ready to uh, hopefully see the union in one of these new group stages. Uh, we don't know how it's going to shake out, how they're going to qualify. We do know that Canadian teams are now going to be able to qualify through MLS. So Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal can qualify either through the Canadian Championship or by winning MLS Cup or by winning the Supporter Shield or being the other top conference winner if they keep the same structure the way that they have it currently. Um, then they're also going to have the Canadian Premier League, which is a new top flight in Canada, is going to get a spot as well. So... Uh, I think that is, or at least two spots, maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm excited. Logan, any last thoughts on the, the new CONCACAF Champions League format? No, I like that. Uh, I mean, you're getting more countries into it, too. You're getting, what is it, Belize? I think that's not normally in this 
this uh, competition. I think you're getting. Is it El uh, El Salvador is not in this? I, I don't think, think they usually are, but I think they have to have qualified through like another another avenue. competition. Now they're at least going to get to that group stage, I guess, and then move on from there if they can. But I like uh, it because it just yeah. g- it gives them more games. Like it it allows them to have a chance, you know, to play in these groups. Just like in Europe, I mean, you got teams that make the European Champions League that it's like those poor people, but it's fun. It's a lot of exposure. I know it'll bring in a lot of money for some of these clubs um, as it gets bigger. Uh, I know that that's one thing that the smaller clubs really like when they get into Champions League and the, and the European version of this, just because they get more, you know, they get the TV money, they get revenue, they get to put the patch on the jersey. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of revenue for some of these clubs that probably don't make a lot. I'm going to say something to EA Sports here. You have three years two and a half get it done almost get it done get this into the game get some of these leagues into the game or at least get some of these teams from the leagues in the rest of the world section and put this competition in mls when i'm playing because playing in mls and ea sports fifa doesn't have a cup competition other than u.s open cup and it, it hurts um even if they just did where they threw in Mexican and American teams in a makeshift Champions League, just give us something. So, please. Let's move on here to the previewing the draw of the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. This is on, uh, what, is it? what day is that? The, the Wednesday the 10th? Is that yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday? Yep, yep. So it's going to be broadcast for fans uh, on CONCACAF networks, which is including Fox Sports in the USA in English, TUDN in Spanish in the US, TSN in Canada, RDS in Canada in French, and other local partners, it says. So let's look. take a look at the pots here. Pot 1 has Forge FC or Toronto FC. So the Canadian Championship still hasn't been played it's probably going to have to get played, you know, before uh, April 6th <laughs> when this kicks off. The winner of that is going to be in pot one. Monterrey from Mexico is in pot one. Club America, Cruz Azul, Atlanta United FC, Columbus Crew SC, Philadelphia Union. And Portland Timbers. In pot two, Deportivo Saprissa, uh, LD Allianz, Ali, Ali, Julian <laughs> Lens, Costa Rica, a Costa Rican team. Okay, I can't say it. Uh, Club Atletico Pantoya from Dominican Republic. Arc. Archi <laughs> FC from Haiti. Wow, you think I would have looked at this before I did this. CD Marathon from Honduras. I do know that team. CD Olympia from Honduras. They've been giving teams trouble. Club Leon in Mexico. And Real Esteli FC from Nicaragua. So the way that this works is that they're going to select one from pot one. Then they're going to select from pot A. And in pot A is just numbers A1, A2, A3, A4, A5, A6, A7. 
a eight. So then, like, let's say they draw Union first, and they go, they then they pull out of pot A a three. Then they pull uh, Saprisa out from pot two, and they draw B three out of the out of the sphere. Then it's going to be Saprisa versus Union. That's how it's going to work. So there's going to be four things drawn. It's going to be pot one, pot two, pot A, pot B. And whichever spot you get in pot A is going to match whoever gets pot B. Make sense? Everybody got it? Got it. Um, so you can't draw another team in your country if they're in pot two. So in this sense... None of the Mexican Mexican teams are going to draw Club Leon. Um, there's no other American teams in Pot Two, so they're already not going to face each other. Uh, but that is uh, that's about it for the um, round uh, for, for the round of sixteen draw that we're going to have. That's on the tenth. I'm hoping for a good draw. Maybe Real Esteli or one of the Haitian teams <laughs> might be might be a good draw for the Union. I want to avoid any of the Mexican teams, which right now would only be Club Leon since you have to draw a pot two team. So really hoping that we get a good one. The Costa Rican teams and the Honduras teams are the teams I'm worried about the most other than Club Leon. So... Whoever your face is going to be tough. The Union had never been in this position before, so it's going to be tough for them. And uh, I'm just excited. So uh, we might go live or something after that on like Instagram or something, just getting my initial reaction after the draw. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm nervous, but ready ready to start seeing these games and hopefully get some tickets for it. And the last thing we have here today is Olympic qualifying. Uh, so for the Olympic qualifying, uh, we have games starting in March. March 18th, which is a Thursday. We get USA versus Costa Rica. Then uh, also on that day, Mexico versus Dominican Republic. Friday, March 19th, we get Honduras versus Haiti. And then Canada versus El Salvador. Sunday, March 21st, we get Dominican Republic versus USA and Costa Rica versus Mexico. Monday, March 22nd, we get Haiti versus Canada and then El Salvador versus Honduras. Wednesday, March 24th, we have Costa Rica versus Dominican Republic and then the big one, Mexico versus USA. Thursday, March 25th, El Salvador versus Haiti, Honduras versus Canada. And then we go into the semifinals on Sunday, March 28th. So... Number one in Group B is going to face off number two in Group A, and number one of Group A is going to face off against number two of B. And you get the final on that Tuesday, March 30th. And then you go ahead and, you know, the, the Olympics are, what, July? So a lot of games coming up here. Um, again, we haven't really qualified for an Olympic since, like, I think 2008, so it's going to be a little nerve-wracking. I really think that this team can do it if we can get all of our big youngsters into the team. But uh, I'm nervous. So how are you feeling, Logan? Are you feeling good about this? I, you know, looking at the roster, I think 
if you're if you're allowing some of these young guys to come back from Europe um, that are you know 22, 21, 20, you know I, I think that helps a lot. Um, if not, then it'll be kind of a makeshift kind of team. Um, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for anything U.S. Uh, soccer because I, I think that you know not qualifying for the last World Cup has me at a point where I'm on edge. I think if for some reason we don't make another one, which I don't know if that's likely, but you know, I, I think if, if anything goes wrong, I think it's just a bunch of doom and gloom on Twitter. So I'm, I'm very nervous. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And the worst part about this, Jordan, is the first two games. I'll be on my spring break and I'll have nothing else to do but watch these games. So, <laughs> uh, of course, th- that'll be fun. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited. And I, I think we got a lot of young talent. So I think you get to see this first wave of, of players that are just ripping onto the scene. I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with some of these guys. Look, the good thing is this is going to take less than two weeks to, to do, right? March 18th through March 20, 30th. So uh, hopefully we just rip the Band-Aid off if we're going to miss it. But, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be tough. We're in a group with Mexico. You know, we're in a group with Costa Rica. Dominican Republic, we should be able to beat. Costa Rica, we should be able to beat, but they're a tough team. They're a tough team. I don't know how their youth team looks, but a little nervy. Uh, 2012, Mexico won the Olympics, so I don't know how their youth team looks now. They haven't really had a lot of uppercomers that you hear a lot about of uh, like we do for our team, so who knows? But anytime we face Mexico, it's a tough battle, and... Yeah, I, I'm I'm not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it in the sense of I get to see more of these U.S. teams play, but I, I'm going to be nervous and I'm going to be scared on what exactly happens. Hopefully we win the group or get two in the group, but I think the only way to win is by, uh, the only way to qualify is by winning the whole thing. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And the Olympics are needed. They're to help the lower they're there to help the younger players in what it's like to have a competition against really good competition in the world. You know, uh, this is like you want your youngsters to be able to have that experience of playing in a tournament against teams throughout the world that have qualified there and have deserved their spot. So that way when they get to a World Cup, they're like, okay, this is kind of like when we did the Olympics, right? They kind of know how the flow goes. They kind of understand how a tournament goes, playing on shorter rest, all that. So uh, it's very important for us to qualify. And that's what I'm going to set it for. I know a lot of people are saying, let's win the Olympics. And that would be great. But I think let's qualify because we haven't done it for a while. And uh, let's go out there, qualify. Then we can kind of take the steps of, okay, what's a good, you know, what's good here for the Olympics? I think winning it is a pipe dream. I really do. I know this is a talented young team that we have here, but that is just, it's really tough to win tournaments. It's very tough to win competitions. So, and, and, you know, winning an Olympics doesn't mean that you're going to win a World Cup. We've seen Mexico win it back in 2012. Their team has done nothing close to that on the world stage for the cup in the senior team. So they don't correlate. But 
it's just good practice, I think, to actually just play in the tournament. Well, that I'm about wraps us, <laughs> that about wraps us up. We did have some uh, news here for Cincinnati, who is going to be signing a top young striker from Brazil. Um, Logan, you got any information on that? Yeah, so uh, actually, I did some real research um, with with one of my kids. Actually, I don't, did I tell you this? I don't think I told you this part. No. Um, so okay, uh, I've got a kid that uh, that I teach. I'm a high school teacher. And I asked him about it because that's his team. Sao Paulo is his team. Um, so I was like, "What well, you know, what is he all about? He said he hadn't scored in like the last eight matches, but the team had kind of fizzled out and hadn't been playing very well. But he did say that like he's a special kind of talent that he thinks that playing in the MLS, this could be like one of those things where he plays here a year or two and then they're shipping him off over to Europe because I know Inter Milan was interested in him. I think... Uh, Inter uh, was interested. I mean, I think there's a bunch of teams. I think Everton, too, was actually looking at him. Um, but I do know that he's really good on the ball. Uh, he's a physical striker. He, he likes to get out um, and play in front of the pass. I mean, guys crossing in for him and getting on the end of uh, passes in the box. He's 5'9", so he's not particularly large. But I do think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see him playing up top. Uh, of a Cincinnati team. And I think they said the wages could be, you know, to where it gets to, or sorry, the fee that, that ends up being forked over could end up being around the $15 million mark uh, when it all comes said and done, you know, over, I think the, up, up front they owe them like 13 million or something like that. But then it comes into like something around 2 million or something else that's uh, supposed to go to or supposed to go from Cincinnati to Sao Paulo after this but again i think he's a good goal scorer i watched some of his highlights uh i think i think he'll play really well in the mls it'll be interesting to see how long we can keep him over here uh he is 21 so i think that you know by the age of 23 24 you could be looking at a kid that's going to go elsewhere but i do think it'll be cool to have him here for a little bit of time just to see what he can do in the mls because he's got that special kind of talent that a lot of people think that he can be something here in the MLS and that it might not last long, but enjoy it while it's last. I'd say maybe two to three years. That's what I'm giving him. I'm giving him till he's 23, 24 before he's shipped out somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be good. Um, yeah. So if you want to reach out to us here, Twitter at stateside show, Instagram at stateside show, facebook.com slash stateside show, email stateside show at gmail.com. Logan, we're giving away a Portland Timbers jersey. We posted on Twitter. Where else can people enter now? Now I've posted on Instagram. So all you got to do is head over to Instagram, find us. We are Stateside Show over on Instagram. If you go to the the first, actually, you know what? I can't remember if it's still the first photo or not. I don't remember if I posted anything as of late. But by the time this did, airs, it probably won't be. So I will have posted other things. So uh, yeah, so go over to it's a Portland Timbers kit. Uh, you'll see it laying there on the table. Uh, all you got to do is is follow us on Instagram. You can uh, tag three people and it'll get you another entry. And then if you go over to Apple Podcast or one of our podcast hubs, you can rate our podcast, um, share it with your friends, uh, rate it, and then show us proof. And then we can give you uh, two more entries. I know there's a lot of entries starting to come in now, especially with Instagram and Twitter combined. So, uh, yeah, I think you, if you share it with your friends and tag some of your friends that more likely you are to get that kit. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, so that means if you do all of those things on Instagram, you get four entries. And if you do them all on Twitter, you get even more entries. And then uh, your name has a better chance of being picked out uh, of the random name generator that I put everybody's name into. So, um, you know, like we said, extra large uh, Portland Timbers home kit, green, you know, standard looking uh, Timbers jersey. Uh, with the star on the crest, uh, above the crest, for winning that 2015 MLS Cup. Well, that's it. Thanks, Logan, for, you know, uh, joining the show. Like I, like I said, it's going to be a fun season as we look ahead here. Everybody, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be having people on for, uh, you know, the Western Conference previews, and we're going to have Eastern Conference previews, and those are going to be little episodes probably between 30 to 45 minutes each. Uh, and we're going to try to do that for every team that we can get a guest on. So we already got two locked down for the upcoming week. So you'll probably get the next one of those on Wednesday or so. And uh, I think that's all we're going to do before Wednesday. So next episode should be a preview. We're going to, let's just say the team, Vancouver Whitecaps is who we're previewing if everything goes great. Um, and that should probably be out. Tuesday night or, or Wednesday morning. Uh, so if you do have Vancouver Whitecap questions, send them our way. Like I said, at the socials that I provided, those are also listed in the show notes. So you can, you know, uh, contact us that way if you have any questions for the Whitecaps, because we're going to be interviewing a Whitecaps writer here uh, who is going to join us on uh, on Tuesday night to break it all down. So get those questions in, and we will catch you all Wednesday. Thank you. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL, this is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.